0: Hello, and welcome to Festival of the Mind. In this episode, Professor René Timmers introduces VoiceWorks, a collaborative project seeking to highlight the benefits of using singing and breathing techniques in speech therapy. This episode also contains audio clips of recordings from the project's associated workshops. Hello. Hello. My name is Renee Timmers, and I'm Professor of Psychology of Music at the Department of Music, the University of Sheffield. I am presenting today a project that was done in collaboration with Mir Janssen from Arts in Health, Karen Esposito, speech therapist, both of them are at Sheffield's teaching hospitals, and Dr. Michael Bonshaw, voice coach, singer and music psychologist from the University of Sheffield. We also had the support from composer and sound engineer Dr. Chris Bevan and music psychology student Emily Cooper. Our project started based on an initiative of Karen Esposito, a speech therapist who works with patients with voice problems, and Mir Jansen, who is the arts coordinator at Teaching Hospital and is interested in testing if creative interventions can benefit people with ill health and disabilities. Karen had been... Interested for a while in seeing whether speech therapy could make more use of singing and singing-related techniques to support people who see a speech therapist through the NHS. Currently, singing is not part of the recognized curriculum of NHS speech therapy. Our project was a trial run to examine whether singing-related workshops for people with voice problems are feasible, whether they may be a basis for a systematic trial to investigate its effectiveness, and how such workshops may look like, what might work and what might be the hurdles for people with voice problems to participate. We organized two blocks of workshops, and in each block a maximum of 10 people could participate. All participants were outpatients of Karen Esposito who had been diagnosed with irreducible langurinkl obstruction, ILO in short. ILO is an upper airway disorder that affects the vocal cords. People with ILO struggle with breathlessness, noisy breathing, coughing, and changes to their voice. Often they find it hard to speak loudly or for long, with considerable impacts on personal and work life. The condition isn't well known and is surrounded by misunderstanding and lack of recognition. You can understand that the ability to sing wasn't something that the participants in the workshops could quite imagine at the start. Most had never sung, nor had ever regularly engaged in singing. Also not before their voice problems became a significant hurdle. Karen had done a great job in recruiting participants, encouraging them to try it out and giving them the confidence that this is worth a try. She was also there as familiar speech therapist, easing the way for participants and workshop leader Michael Bonshore to get started with the singing workshops. workshops were in Block 1 held online due to COVID restrictions. In Block 2, the workshops were held in person, but we allowed virtual attendance as well, following requests from participants to attend without the need to travel. In all sessions, a few people helped out by supporting the singing. For example, Emily Cooper was there for many of the sessions, and she could demonstrate exercises together with Michael Boncher or could lead the singing of one group, and Michael, the singing of the other group in case of a canon or song with multiple parts. As mentioned, the baseline for the participants was very much that of inexperience and doubt whether singing was in scope. The sessions therefore didn't really emphasize singing, but started with getting the body in the right position and balanced in terms of relaxation and activation. Voice sessions often start with posture, standing upright, breathing, using the belly rather than the chest, relaxation of the voice and the face, and letting the voice come out and resonate naturally. First by just making a sound through humming or a single vowel. These exercises distract the focus from singing and let singing emerge gradually. Later in the block of workshops, participants were actually quite keen to do more singing, which they reported in the feedback and reduce the time spent on these exercises and get to the fun and enjoyment of the singing more quickly. As you can imagine, practicalities of this kind of project and series of workshops are very important. The online delivery of block one worked well for attendance and accessibility, but the in-person format in block two, we were able to move on to singing in harmony and learning songs in parts much more quickly than when online. Being in the room together helped people to learn the singing related skills more quickly and allowed more enjoyment of the singing. Block two, however, saw a greater drop in attendance, as it was difficult for participants to come to the sessions, it took more time and commitment, and online attendance felt less inclusive, as there were also people in person. Nevertheless, for both blocks, we were able to confirm a considerable development in attitude and willingness to sing, as well as self-reported ability to sing. As composer Chris Bevan noted, When we started back in February, many of the participants were quite reserved and unsure about joining in with singing-related exercises. But hearing their voices gain confidence and power over time was really inspiring and genuinely transformative in some cases. Chris has created a composition that will be played at the Festival of the Mind and is accessible alongside this podcast. Chris explained his motivation as follows. There is also something quite amazing about the simple act of people singing together. That bringing together of different individuals, voices, cultures and ideas in the act of creativity. I've tried to represent that journey in this work and also to embody the immersive, therapeutic and often meditative character that the sessions took on. I should say, and that is me speaking again, that social aspects and having a laugh are also very important aspects of any therapeutically oriented workshop. Both Michael Bonjour and Karen Esposito are really good at generating that relaxed atmosphere, where there is an equality of membership, no threat, but interest, safety and a focus on enjoyment. People could sit down or stand up, not participate but observe if needed, Take a break and then get back into it. Try different things and the pace was determined as the session and weeks went by. Participants appreciated getting to know other people with ILO and indeed the power of the group is an important benefit of group singing above speaking. One can hide behind or merge with others and be uplifted in ability through mimicry. There is a lot to research in this area and to take forwards. These first blocks of workshops have given us the baseline evidence that singing-related workshops can be beneficial for people with voice problems such as ILO. Participants reported improvements in their confidence to sing, but for many this improvement in confidence also concerned the use of their voice more generally, so also in speaking. One participant explained that they were able to call their grandchild, when necessary, across the hall, which they were themselves surprised at. That power to use the voice in a variety of ways, including with intensity and power, and indeed with enjoyment, was the intended purpose of the workshop. The next steps then, should be to train trainers. On the one hand, this is related to encouraging speech therapists, to engage more with singing-related techniques and incorporate singing in their practices. On the other hand, this relates to working with singing teachers and conductors of choirs to offer tools and create awareness of the potential for people with voice problems to be supported to sing. A more systematic evaluation of the effectiveness of singing-related workshops for this patient group will however be required to enable a change in NHS provision for people with ILO. For now, we can support them by raising awareness of the condition and through encouragement in borrowing from singing and benefiting from some of the positive effects that music has to offer. These include singing together, singing in groups of mixed skill levels and do regular exercises related to breathing, posture and relaxation of the face and neck and gentle exercises to warm up the voice. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please subscribe. We'd love to hear your thoughts and responses on social media. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.